We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. WGR. Here's the American dream. Dusty Rhodes and Dusty, your fans welcome you back, man. Sports Radio 550. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Sports Talk Saturday. No respect. No honor. There is no honor among thieves in the first place. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. You don't know what hard times are, Daddy. Hard times are when the textile workers around this country are out of work. They got four or five kids and can't pay their wages, can't buy their food. Hard times are when the auto workers are out of work and they tell them go home. And hard times are when a man has worked at a job 30 years. 30 years. They give him a watch, kick him in the butt and say, hey, a computer took your place, daddy. That's hard time. Want to talk to the guys on Sports Talk Saturday? Call or text us now. You put hard times on this country by taking Dusty Rhodes out. That's hard time. Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Make no mistake where you are. Oh. You're back to look Well, good morning. 11 a.m. on a Saturday. You know what that means, Nate Geary. Sports Talk Saturday. Good morning. It feels great to be back with you all this morning. So uh, before we get into my list of guests this morning, Paul Hamilton is going to join me in about 15 minutes. We're going to talk about the Sabres. Uh, we got Sal Capatio at 1130. We're going to talk Bill's Dolphins. I got Connor Rogers, my man from Bleacher Report. We're going to talk a little bit about the AFC East, about the Jets. And then I got my man Aaron Quinn from Cover One. We're going to talk more about this Bill's Jets, or I'm sorry, this Bill's Dolphins game today. Corey, you know that... I'm generally speaking a bully and a troll and sometimes a jerk. You know this, right? Don't be so hard on yourself. You know this. No, no, I'm not being hard. I'm being real. Although you did just say, before I get into my list of guests, and then you said your list of guests. So you don't, you're not following form because no. you know why? Because you're a renegade. You don't have to play I by the rules. I am counterculture. That's right. Counterculture. That's, That's right. what I say. Um, so you know how I hate Halloween. Correct. I hate it. Um, Everybody knows this about you. One of the reasons, a perfect example, on my way here, I wanted to tweet about it, but you know, I'm like, if I tweet this while I'm, you know, even though I had parked my car, people would be like, Nate, why are you tweeting and driving? So I decided, I was like, you know what, I'll just keep it for the radio. Um, Somebody cut me off on the 90 on the way here. Badly. It happens. Like, very jerky, like, I wanted, I drove up beside them. To either a flip them off or b mouth like uh like an ex- expletive at them. Sure. Just mouth it. I'm not. I wasn't gonna yell it in the car. I just was gonna say like f you. Correct. You know, like that's what I wanted to do. 
So I'm, I pull up beside this person after they cut me off, and then after speeding up to cut me off, drove 10 miles under the speed limit. Oh, that's good stuff. You, We love to see that on the really, roadways. Really, really testing my early morning mm-hmm. Saturday patience. I, luckily, I had already had my coffee for the morning. So I pull up beside him, and I'm ready, and I turn, and I'm ready to flip the bird, do what I got to do. And the woman is wearing a Mario costume. So How am I supposed to take her seriously? How am I supposed to look her in the eye and flip her the bird? You know what happened? You just got Koopa Troopa'd is what happened. I, she hopped on top of you, knocked you out your shell, and then just kept on going. I can't even... T- I, I couldn't even take her seriously enough to be mad. <laughs> I looked at her, and I literally dropped my head, and I said... I can't yell at an this Italian. This is why I hate the... Ho- it's a one-day holiday, and people dress up for 15 freaking days. God, it's, I will find listen. new things to rant about with Halloween. This one today got me. Looked her dead in the eye. She looked me dead right back. She knew what she had done, and she basically gave me the guy in the Jordan in 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 the Last Dance. The uh, uh, sorry guy shrug. Like I know I'm wearing a Mario costume, and I know you just looked me in the eye and you wanted to flip me off, and now you can't. Look, so jokes on you, fool. You just can't scream at somebody. In ethnic dress, I understand that. And if you would like, if, if you'd like to do that, WBEN is down the hall. But listen, I know it's Halloween, and we not like that's Italian to me. That's cultural appropriation. Friggin' Italians. Is that, is. Is that yeah? That's that that's that's the problem. Is 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 I looked at her and right away I said I can't yell at this Italian. No, I can't yell at this Italian. That's listen, we we're, we're a, we are a multicultural society. That's hilarious. And we embrace this all is, of the many why, different shades of plumbers. This is why I appreciate when you're here, because you can really put things into into better context for me. Look, I appreciate Halloween, but also I um, have a soul, and I'm happy most of the time. So I don't like I I don't begrudge people having fun on Halloween. I feel like we should have more loose and fun holidays anyway. And we, we don't have enough holidays, honestly. We don't get enough time off, generally Probably speaking. The, the work week should be four days, not five. We are already overproductive. Like, we get, we're work too hard. At talk, talk to your friends. Talk to your neighbors. They'll tell you this. Everybody complains about how hard they work. So you should take a break. But the holidays should be more fun in general. We have a lot of serious holidays, and it's too much. Halloween is... Some people take it seriously, but generally speaking, it's frivolous. It's people throwing candy at your head. Yeah. It's getting dressed up. It's nothing. It's just, it's fun. It's lighthearted fun. It's supposed to be. I get upset with people who bring holidays to me when I don't want it. Mm. And like for like right now that I hear like, I'm, I'm not upset at hearing the ads for the power of rock and the majesty of classical. That's not what I'm upset about. You're not mad about that. No, not okay. at all. I okay. live for that. Okay. But. I do get upset at walking into a store and seeing, like, Christmas is now the entirety of the fourth financial quarter. So, my boss, and I, I he he tells me he won't listen to me on the radio, which, this is on him that he won't listen to Why? me. Why? Uh, uh, for a couple of reasons. Uh, one, I think he wants to view me in the professional setting of a sales job instead of having to listen to me on the radio. Sure. So, because he won't, I can make fun of him. So, he um, is a mid-50s man. And came into the office on Wednesday, like, so happy. And his face is smiling. And I'm like, it's 8.30. (laughs) What in the world, on a Wednesday, what could you be so happy about? You know what he said to me? I got all my Christmas lights up. I got all of them up. And he said, and I said to him, 
You're a sad man. Yes. You are well, so sad. Listen. It's like you are looking at a at a 29-year-old man. Just keep him up. Looking for like like he wanted me to be just as excited no, for him. No, I'm not glad like listen, th- I'm glad you cleared out your inbox. <laughs> like that's not that's essentially Christmas this- lights. Before Halloween! I enjoy decorating for Christmas. I enjoy Christmas lights, too. My favorite holiday is Thanksgiving. And it just... Same. It gets absolutely plowed over. And that's why... I, that's actually one of the reasons I like Thanksgiving. Is there isn't the, sh- the, the, the crap that you have with Halloween. You can't really sell it. Nobody extends that, the holiday for seven days before and after. Uh, and even worse, when, when, when Halloween falls on like a Friday... Then you've got like Wednesday to Friday and then Saturday and Sunday, the two days after, people are still doing crap. Let them have fun, Nate. All right, whatever. Well, listen, I, I want the kids to have fun because I believe kid, it's a kid's holiday and kids should, I think parents should have a lot of fun watching their kids have fun. Um, but like, you know, people, it's people my age, I think, that ruin it. It's, it's millennials. We tend to ruin everything. Well, no, we do. We do. We I mean, ruin everything, Corey. Save some of that for the for the boomers. But um, wow, that's that's a whole other conversation. Th- Thanksgiving can't really be sold. There's not much to sell. It's because the tradition's already set with the food that you're going to have. People yes. already have their. It's, there's still a lot of tradition there. There isn't open space to incorporate new revenue streams into it. So the only thing you can do is go over the top of it, and that's where Christmas just keeps flying at you in, now in October here. And it's it's, it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. It's, it's, I, we. Less of that. It's way too much. You know what it is? People forget the reason for the season. And you know what that reason is? Love. Stroop waffles. It's, str- it's Stroop waffle season out here. So, like, you get the... I love a good Stroop If you don't know what they are, they're basically two uh, pieces of waffle cone, and inside is caramel, and, and then you they drop it on top of a hot drink. <laughs> it's because it's, it's circular, and it's the size of the top of a mug, and the drink literally steams it up and then melts the Fantastic. stuff inside. And let me tell you something, folks. It is... That's Talk about cultural appropriation. It's the reason for the season. It's Ooh, why it's fall German? elite. It's German, correct? Why not? It's a German, it's, I think it, it's a German it, thing. Uh, 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 vaguely Flemish, Swedish? Dutch. Okay, maybe sweet, central, a little sweet. Uh, central. Northern Central Europe. Okay, sure. That's I Listen, again, I really love where the beginning of the show has gone this morning. Um, we are will, the Sabres good? The Sabres are good. I, you know, I was actually going to mention this. So Paul Hamilton is going to join me in five minutes. Uh, Paul and I will talk a little bit about the Jack Eichel trade. I, I'm also, you know generally curious um you know i haven't had a chance to talk to paul in a couple of uh, a couple of weeks i've been out um and then start of the season has happened but i'm i'm pretty i'm pretty interested in the the week that has been in the nhl Whew, what a doozy uh what a doozy of a week uh and and by doozy i mean pr nightmare um everyone that has and could have made a bad decision made a bad decision and how they were uh sort of responding to a the criticism that a lot of the people that were involved in this that are still scattered around the league in jobs it took a full 48 hours for Joel Quinville to finally resign as the head coach of the Florida Panthers he was on the bench the day the day the report came out and the day that Kyle Beach came out and essentially identified himself as the um you know essentially as the quote-unquote leaker of this um really just overall and then the gutless statement that Gary Bettman came out and said, well, you know, if Joel Quenville ever wanted to get back in the league, he'd have to, you know, have to have a talking with me first. Um, just real galaxy brain stuff from the NHL, which what 
Do you know, so when you and I, because we work at the station for this company, we have to take a New York State her- sexual harassment training course That's right. every year. And this yep. year's included a clip from the movie The Assistant. And in the clip, uh, the character uh, goes to the HR and reports this case of sexual harassment that's mm-hmm. happening at the company that she witnesses. And it's the worst possible scenario you can imagine for an HR manager to treat the situation. Basically berating her, telling her it's her fault. What does he want her to do? Why sure. are you screwing up your career opportunity, yep. right? And literally, I watched that as the governor was resigning from his position in New York <laughs> State. And... The, here, here's the NHL following right behind with yeah. a case of sexual assault taking place and literally everybody making the wrong decision. And this training that I watched is that clip and then, you know, the person who's doing leading the online training in the video saying, this is not how it's supposed to go. You have rights. And everywhere in our society we find out, no, actually, the, that clip you showed me is how the world works. It's the worst possible thing you can imagine that power will do to people who have been abused by it. No, no one's protected. That the NHL, that guy's name is on the Stanley Cup. And they had to, I listened to it yesterday, they had to call the Hockey Hall of Fame and say, hey, can you scrub that guy out? (laughs) You know what should happen to the Stanley Cup? Is that his name should be there, but it should be literally scratched out. So everybody has to see it every time they look at that thing. Yes, yes. That an organization put the health and safety of an individual below winning the trophy. And this isn't even... This will sound insensitive when I say this, but this wasn't just a guy in the organization. This is a first-round pick. Not that if you're a fifth-round pick or a free agent or a, you know a, an organizational uh, longtime AHL player that you don't deserve the same things as a first-round pick. But, yeah, I mean, just just a really bad week for the NHL and just a black eye on on, on the reputation of a league that, that needs all of the good press that they can get. So let's go to the Wester Hotline now because this morning Paul Hamilton joins me uh, here on the Wester Hotline. And, Paul, uh, first and foremost, good morning to you, my friend. And, uh, and secondly, I'm very well. I'm very well. Um, we I wanted to start with you and, and sort of just sort of getting your overall – how has the NHL this week? What, what's the like taste in your mouth that you have? Because I feel, I just feel. First of all, I feel bad for Kyle Beach. Secondly, I feel bad that the league. It, it took so much for them to get this right, and I still feel like it hasn't been made right by the league. It just feels, Paul, that the league once again. It feels like they just they can't really do things when 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 the magnifying glass is on them to do the right thing and do it quickly and swiftly. That they just they they go the easiest route, the the route of least resistance, and 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 in this moment, I just felt like the league had an opportunity to really make a mark um, on everything that's going on. This this is a, a world problem, a country problem, a, a, a civilization problem, and the NHL sort of had an opportunity to be the league to like set an example, and I and I and I think they whiffed on it a little bit. Well, it's just another example of a league being win at all costs. You know, winning comes before anything. And the Chicago Blackhawks and Joel Quenville and Bowman and the whole group just put winning before everything. It didn't matter, you know, what what Kyle was going through. It, it, it was just winning, winning, winning. And that's all they cared about. And what what appalled me, even after it all came out, and the interview came out. Mm-hmm. They still don't get it. Right. Yeah. The Florida Panthers, what a gutless organization. Yep. Absolutely gutless. 
they allowed Joel Quenville not only to coach the next night, coach the team, but then they protect him. That's right. And he doesn't have to do his post-game press conference, which, by the way, he does have to do, but he didn't. I mean, just... So, obviously, Zito and the Florida Panthers don't get it at all. And then I just read today, um, Paul, uh, what is Westhead, uh, he had a longtime NHL executive contact him in the last day or so and say, how does this little guy abuse a 6'4 NHL player? Excuse me? Yeah. <laughs> Just Really? Now what are we talking about a former GM, a former whatever? But this is the way they think. Yeah. This and after all this and after it's all come out, that's what we get? Yeah. How does a six four player get abused by that little guy? I am just astounded. It's a lack of, A, empathy, Paul, but, B, understanding the power structure and what an organization – and that's why, right? Like, they failed this player because they had the power to do something and didn't. And if you're a player in in the NHL, you, especially one who's fighting to make a roster, who's fighting for their literal lives to make a hockey team, the things you clearly will put up with. Do you know what I mean? And not being able to be empathetic and understanding and that be what you get out of it. Paul, I totally agree with you. And here's the thing. Joel Quinville gets to essentially walk into the sunset with his NHL career, never having to get in front of a camera and acknowledge where he went wrong. And that, to me, I think you're spot on. The Florida Panthers absolutely, in, in a cowardice type of way, gave him and Joel Quinville the ability to essentially leave the game without ever acknowledging why he phys- like like emotionally scarred a young man. And and I think that's going to be the thing that, that sits with me for the next couple of weeks is that Joel Quinville will never hear from Joel Quinville. The same way we'll never probably hear from John Gruden again is not putting Joel Quinville up at that podium to, to, to take the questions that he rightfully should be asked and have to answer is just the most gutless and cowardice thing that, that I can think of in that moment. And, and to let him coach. Yeah, I mean, and that's even worse, right. And, and that's the thing. I mean, yeah, the Chicago Blackhawks did what they did, but the Florida Panther organization also is they don't get it. I mean, they totally don't get it. How do you let a guy with those kind of values – Yeah. And because you know why? Because there's one thing that matters to Zito. One, winning. Mm-hmm. That's all he cares about. Well, maybe we can get away with this and we can keep our coach. Let's let him stay here because we'd like to win. Look at us. We're at the time, I don't know, 6-0, and 7-0, and whatever they were. I think they were 6-0 and at the time. Look at us. We, we want to keep going. We want to win. Well, and it's like, have you people learned nothing from this? I mean, no, they haven't. I mean, that, that's an easy question. They, the, they have the, not. The player has already come out and bravely spoken about this and put it all out there, put his heart and soul and put out his there, name to it. Put his name out there. And the Florida Panthers just don't get it. And it's just and, – and they're probably not alone. Oh, for uh, sure. Yeah. You know, Joel Quenville was, I won't say in an organization because I, I don't want to 
but if Joel Quenville was coach of Team B, he probably would have coached that team too. Yep, because you're right. Nothing matters more to the NHL or the NBA or the NFL or soccer or you name it, college football, college basketball. Nothing, nothing matters more than winning. The machine. Yeah, it just it'll turn you up, it'll burn you, and spit you out, and it's just a it's a perfect. I thought it really encapsulated the way that you just mentioned and, and talked about that, Paul. Is exactly just how I felt. I felt dirty, um, and you know I could say this that at least now with with the Sabers organization, the people that are in place, the people that are representing the community, the team, the organization, um, I agree with you that it doesn't really matter the team but I I guess I would hope that the people in place here in Buffalo would have I don't know a heart <laughs> a little bit of empathy and understanding but I don't know it, it just it's been a bad couple of days for the NHL and and if you're a fan of the game it just has to be really hard to to, to look at these these organizations and these people that that have been in, in the spot like Gary Bettman in particular serious anymore I just it's 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 hard for me to take them seriously. Yeah, I would hope too that the Bills or the Sabers would have enough uh, integrity. I think that's a good word. Yes, thank you. That's that's the word word I was searching for to to do it. I would hope so. Yes, but um, I'm I'm just I'm painting leagues right now. Yeah, I I don't want to say specific teams because that's not fair to specific teams unless we're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks and the Florida Panthers because they have proven to us that they don't care. But, you know, so I don't want to say suspicious, but I do want to say, you know, time and time again, these leagues and sports in general has proven to us that, you know, the only thing that matters is winning and anything that gets in the way of winning gets pushed aside. Paul Hamilton here on the Wester Hotline started the conversation this morning uh, with some reaction from the week's news um, from the NHL. But I want to switch gears a little bit here, Paul, and talk about the Sabres who, who have gained a point in seven of their or six of their first seven games, Paul. And um, they win on Thursday night in overtime. They had a three goal lead, but they end up scoring in overtime to win. And you and I have had several conversations just as a side about the coach and, and, and sort of where this team from the preseason to now has looked. And you and I talked in the preseason on the show, uh, Paul, about some of the mess that has been on the ice, particularly defensively. And then, then the regular season started. And it was almost like a snap of a finger, Paul. And they have looked like a different team than they did in the preseason. The thing you gotta you got to be careful with the preseason is, number one, you're playing NHL, AHL, and junior players. You're not really playing the full NHL team. And, you know, that matters. Plus, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of veteran guys are just, they know how to handle the preseason. They're just trying to get themselves ready for the regular season. And Mark Pesca could be a perfect oh, example yeah. of that. He did not look good in the preseason at all. I was thinking, I said, uh-oh, Mark maybe doesn't have it anymore. And then he, the regular season starts and look look at how well yeah. he's played. He was just, he's 29 years old. He, he knows how to get himself ready for his season. So, you know, you do have to be careful in preseason, you know, to, you know, really try to figure out how good a team is or how good they aren't. It's funny that the Sabres are 5-1-1 one, and, one, and they're fourth in the conference right now. <laughs> it's like, really? I mean, they're tied with the Rangers, but they would have the Rangers on the tiebreaker. But, yeah, they're fourth in the conference. They're five points out of first place, and they're 5-1-1. One, and one. <laughs> They do have a game in hand on Florida, so if they win it, they'd only be three points out of first place. But still, 
I mean, you know, you've got a plus nine goal differential. You're one of the best goals against in the NHL. Your goals, you've only given up 14 goals, which is best in the Atlantic Division. Um, now, you have played one less game than a lot of the teams and one more game than Boston, but Boston's given up uh, 18 goals in six games. Buffalo's going to give it up 14 in seven games. So um, it's just... The, it's just the way they go to work, and and it's just it's it's the Buffalo Bills way of doing things, and that's what Adams is doing. Yeah, he's putting together a team of people that want to be there, people that are good people, you know, the, the, and and that want to play for this coach. And this coach has these guys, uh, you know, people keep saying, "Well, can this is this sustainable?" There's some things of it that are yeah, sustainable. One one is the 100% buy-in they have to this coach. And they listen to him and they play the way he wants them to play and they have set a standard in that room. Ever heard that before? Hmm, Sean McDermott says that a lot too. Yep. And uh and I'm not saying that in a bad way. I'm not saying that as a criticism. I'm saying that in a good way. And um you know, it was the last game. I mean, Granado said he goes, I didn't have to say much, quite honestly, because the players were mad because they weren't playing to their standard. And that made them angry. So he said, what do I have to do? It's their team. He goes, I told them that in training camp. It's their team. It's not my team. And he let them sort through it. And they found a way to win. As poorly as they played at times in that game, they found a way to win. And... You know they're getting goaltending. That you can yes, really boil it. You can boil it down in the Anaheim game. Buffalo got goaltending and Anaheim didn't. Yep. I mean uh, Buffalo's goaltending was much better. Now when was the last time we said that on a <laughs> on a regular basis? Uh, we might say it for one game, <laughs> but not on a regular basis. Ten years? <laughs> Is that yeah? Like ten years ago? <laughs> like Ryan Miller yeah. like, last time? You know, and I don't know if the goaltending is going to be sustainable. Sure. I actually go the other way with Anderson. He played six games last year, and people are well. He only played six games last year, so that, that's going to be a detriment. I'm thinking he's 40 he's years fresh. old, and he basically yeah. yeah. There you go. He he only played six games last year, so he's probably in a very fresh mode. It it wasn't hard on his body, you know. So I kind of went the other way thinking that, uh, and so far. That's, you know, he hasn't gone through the rigors of the season, but he's got a fresh body. He didn't have to go through the rigors of a season last year. So, Paul, before I let you go, there's a like probably a handful of players I could ask you about. You already mentioned uh, Mark Pizik, who I think is just really brought a steady presence to the blue line that they really, really needed. I thought also that the Hag and uh, and Pizik uh, pairing has been fantastic for them in exactly the type of, I mean, they've just been so much more responsible defensively without Ristolainen in the lineup. And that 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 pairing has been sticking out to me maybe more than than most. But, Paul, there's, there's also Gergensen, who's been playing really well and is particularly steadying the pivot position. Rasmus Asplund has looked like, I mean, he's on a 30-goal pace right now. But... To me, I think the thing that stands out to me is Victor Olofsson. Because this is a player that when he came into the league, you said, okay, this is a guy that can score 20 goals in the league. He's going to score 15 to 17 power play goals a year. He's not going to bring much to you five on five, and he can't really create. And that has changed, Paul. I mean, he ends up with the assist on that goal in overtime. It was an unbelievable individual effort. And I think that play in particular is the perfect example of who this new Victor Olofsson is, who is... This player, this team's best offensive player. 
Five of his eight points, and he has eight points in seven games, more than a point a game. Five of his eight points have come at even strength. Yes. And that's the problem was that the was problem the problem with him. Yeah. He'd be he'd be skating around the offensive zone with his stick cocked, hoping for a one timer. He wouldn't get in the corner, he wouldn't fight along the wall, he wouldn't be around the net. He was just looking for a one timer that he would get on the power play. To a point where I thought why is he still in the top six? He isn't even close to a top six forward. He's killing Eichel. He never helps Eichel at all five on five. Why is he out there five on five? He, he, he is one of the worst five on five players I've seen on this team in a long time. Well, guess what? He understood that and he's worked at it. Under this coach, he's worked at that. Because he wanted to be a better player. He wanted to be a player that Granado could count on, and he knew he had to fix his five-on-five game. Well, three of his four goals are at even strength. Five of his eight points are at even strength. You see him battling along the walls. You see him in the overtime you know, taking the puck to the net. Now, I know he was against a rookie forward doing it, but I don't care. He did it. And, and made a phenomenal play, and you've got two of your three guys going to the net. Yep. And that's what I say almost every game now when I'm talking about the Sabres. They're going to the net. Why did they score? They're going to the net. Why did Olison score a goal on a wide-open net and on Thompson shot a couple of games ago? Thompson comes through the circle. He's got a hard shot. The goaltender kicks out the rebound. Instead of Olison just hanging around anywhere except where he's supposed to be, <laughs> he's at the net. And the puck comes right to him. That's what that's where rebounds come, is around the net. And he's able to tap the puck into an empty net. So, uh, yeah, I give this this player all sorts of credit for him to reinventing his game and wanting to be better, wanting to be a better player for this team. And he certainly has put the work in. Paul, thank you so much, my friend. Enjoy the afternoon today and uh, enjoy the game tomorrow as well as the Sabres continue their West Coast trip. We appreciate you as always. I will. It's fun. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Paul Hamilton there on the West Tour Hotline. Going to take a timeout. Sal Capaccio is going to join me next. We're going to talk a little Buffalo Bills. That's coming up here on Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Listen to WGR Sports Radio 550 at home or at the office. Ask your smart speaker to play WGR 550. Good morning and welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday, segment two. Going to the Western Hotline. Joining me live is Sale Capaccio. Sale, good morning to you, my friend. Good morning. How are you? I'm very well. I uh, I hear you're out doing some pre-Halloween trick-or-treating. Is that right? Yeah, so we're on Hurdle Avenue right now, and Deion Dawkins has his um, his foundation. He does a lot of charitable work. He's out here a lot at Hurdle Avenue doing things. He was there a few months ago, but he's here again. for. Um, I haven't seen Deion. He's going to be here soon, but... Um, it's all part of what's going on at Hurdle Avenue. There's a lot of businesses and giving out candy. It's packed, man. Lots of kids out here, great costumes. So I'm just out here kind of with Max. We're not doing anything uh, professionally, just personally, just hanging out with Max, giving him some candy, and, of course, taking the dad tax when we're all done. With well, candy, I'll be taking some of that myself. I was going to say, I- that's the most important part is the dad tax. <laughs> that's right. Uh, yeah, that, but, but we're having a good time out here. Lots of kids here, lots of costumes. Dion will be here for his foundation, so we're going to say hi to him when we see him. But either way, we're um, – moving up and down and getting some candy here. Yeah, you know, my dad, uh, for the DAG tax, used to take all of the Whoppers 
which oh, I was yeah. fine with for a while. And then I, as I started to, you know, develop a more nuanced palette, I actually started to really like the Whoppers. Um, so mm. I, I didn't like him taking them as much, but he also took all the Almond Joy, which are now my favorite as well. But I feel like Almond Joy is the standard dad tax candy. Yeah, maybe not for me. It's um, I'm the I'm the Hershey's Kit Kat guy. I'm the, like the, the smaller chocolates. The almond joys are okay, but not as much for me. Like Snickers is fine, but I like the Kit Kats. I like the Hershey's. Those little ones, the, you know, the good Hershey. Bars, like Hershey's that. so boring though. No, but it's not. It's just you just I need some chocolate. Bam, let's go. Yeah, I guess that's true. Bam, yeah. put it in the mouth. We're good to go. <laughs> it's like just streamline some chocolate. We'll be good to go. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. So, it's like shooting caffeine into your veins. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, I guess that's a good point. I guess it, it's, it's the most efficient chocolate. There's no doubt about that. There's no, there's no games. It's just chocolate. Um, sale. So obviously the game tomorrow, uh, we're expecting potentially a little bit of rain uh, and some conditions out there. The, all the talk this week in Miami, and, and listen, I think this game is a little bit more the, about Miami for me anyways than the Bills themselves, and, and I think that's probably the way that most people are thinking about this. The, but all the conversation is better on the quarterback, big shock. What are you most, I guess, what are you most interested in in terms of storylines going into tomorrow's game about how the Dolphins' offense plays, particularly Tua Tungavila? Because I, I'm of the mind right now, Sal, that Tua could go out there and throw four touchdowns and they could lose, and they'll still be talking about Deshaun Watson regardless of how good or poorly Tua plays. That's probably right. Just a weather update for everybody. Pat Hammer was on with us yesterday in the Extra Point Show. He said rain should be gone by game time. We should have dry conditions. Uh, even mid fifties. I think we're going to have pretty good weather. But if you're going out to tailgate, just be ready for a little bit of rain in the area, and you never know once the game starts. But as far as the, you know, Tua, I, I'd be stunned if he threw four touchdown passes. But sure, I think he's been playing well enough that he could put up a few more numbers than people realize. And they do have some weapons, and Gasecki's really hurt the Bills, and he's done a nice job of hooking up with him. You know, I, I just think the Dolphins are a, an organization that have made either poor decisions or not really had any. They don't have a direction. It seems like anytime you turn around. I always point to the fact that they have two offensive coordinators, Nate. I mean, like, just like, how which is work, insane right? to me. Yeah, right. What are you doing there? How does that go? And it's not. That's not like the Bills having a passing game coordinator. They literally have two offensive coordinators. They they've kind of you know stuck by two as far as he's our quarterback. He's our quarterback. He's our quarterback. But they certainly will not deny that they're in on Deshaun Watson, and we all know that that is the case. I mean, from all the reporting, right? So they're kind of playing both sides there. Um, they have a defense that loves to play man-to-man. They're very good. They have corners on the outside, but they can't get home with a pass rush. So uh, it seems like they're stubborn, and they won't. Now they have played a little more zone defense, but they're not really you know, uh, doing anything to, to kind of help that out. So I just think you're right that once we get past this game, they'll probably be 1-7, and seven, and we're going to hear a lot more talk about Watson. We'll see where that goes. Um, but it, it, it's, I feel bad for Tua. I do. I think he's handled himself really well in this situation. I don't think he's a true franchise quarterback. But I think that he deserves more support from that organization than what they've given him right now. And I think I—I I, I don't know if you were on with Chopin Bulldog when I was listening the other day, um, but I heard Bulldog say something, and I really agreed with it. And he was basically like, "I basically stopped believing in Tua as a true NFL franchise quarterback. I just—he doesn't believe that." But he feels bad for him because of the way that things have gone down in yeah. Miami. And it's almost exactly the cautionary tale that you tell about every young quarterback is you wonder if Tua's in New Orleans, if Tua's in, you know, in, in a system with a coach and and a supporting cast that could actually help him, how much better of a player he can be. And what it just goes to show you, Sale, is how fragile the situation for a franchise quarterback and how much that can dictate whether they're whether they're successful or not. Yeah, I, I agree with all that. And like I just said, I think, um, you know, there's nothing that he's done wrong in this situation. 
And I'll go back to when he came out. One of the things I always felt about Tua is he's so tiny, so small. He's not just he's not just shorter quarterback. We know they can succeed. They it's harder to do that in the NFL, but he's tiny. Look at his shoulders. Look at his torso. Like the hits are going to really you know add up to him on him as he goes on. He's already had injuries. I think that's uh, a mark you know that you have to think about when you think about him possibly being a franchise quarterback. But certainly they have not surrounded him. They haven't developed him the way I think. You know, even the way they handled him. You know, with Ryan Fitzpatrick, the organization overall, I should say. Yeah, they gave two of the keys, but, you know, why Why did he get inserted when he did at that time? And the offensive line hasn't been that good. They haven't really – they haven't hit on draft picks, by the way. All that draft capital they've had, Nate, and they have just squandered it, you know. And now here they are. They don't even have their own first-round pick next year. And right now it would be, like, number two overall. That belongs to Philly. Uh, they do have San Francisco. So I agree with all of that as far as he is concerned. So we'll see. I, I At this point, I'd be kind of surprised maybe if he's – maybe not surprised if he's the starting quarterback for the Dolphins on opening day next year. But I think it's a 50-50 coin flip right now. And the other thing that hurts him is he has to play Josh Allen mm-hmm. twice a year. And So here's this organization that sees Josh Allen twice a year, and including on Sunday, and says, like, that, we don't have that. How do we get that? You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's such a good point. Like, it's so difficult to have to go up against franchise quarterbacks, especially uh, just in Buffalo, knowing – how hard they've tried to find one in Miami. And listen, everyone's trying. Like, if you don't have one, you're trying to find one. The Bills were stuck in that spot for what? I mean, Sale took 20 years. So it's 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 a hard place to yeah. get out of when you're in purgatory, and that's where they are. Sale, I have one more question for you. We talked about this um, yesterday on our podcast with Bruce Nolan and myself, and we, we talked about this topic, which is the Bills coming out of the bye week. What When you look at this Bills team, do you expect – something to be different about them after the bye week? And if you do, what is it? Are they going to be a team that maybe tries to run the ball more of effectively in the second half of the season? Are they going to maybe double down on throwing the football because they've had so much success? Like, What do you, what do you think has been changed in this week off? They've obviously gone back to see what ails them in the red zone. I'm interested in seeing what they do in the red zone any differently, any personnel packages. Um, how they attack that. And with Dawson Knox's injury, one thing I'm really interested in, yes, I know they believe in Tommy Sweeney. I think he's capable of five. They have Reggie Gilliam. Are they going to spread the field a little more? Maybe even against, especially against a team like Miami, who, as I just said a little while ago, they really can't get after the quarterback. So why not put a bunch of receivers on the field, test that secondary depth, which isn't that good, and, give, and really put some pressure on them to have to cover them from sideline to sideline. I think tomorrow especially you may see a little bit more of that. Um, I'm interested to see what they do in the red zone. That's what I think could be different, but I don't know how that looks, right? What does that look like that they're different? Because that's the one thing. And then, you know, Sean McDermott even said it's it's on him putting the players in position to get more sacks. So what does that look like? That's something straight from the head coach. What does that position look like? Are, are they blitzing a little more? Are they moving guys around a little more? That that would be interesting. All right, Sal, enjoy the rest of the day out there in Hurdle and uh, and doing some trick-or-treating with Max. Appreciate you making time for me as always, man, and uh, we'll be talking to you on pregame tomorrow. Sounds good, man. Trick-or-treat. See ya. All right, man. Sal Capaccio there on the West Her Hotline. College football today, by the way. Notre Dame plays North Carolina. I know all of you care about that, but the, the game that's coming up here in a few moments, Michigan-Michigan State, number six Michigan versus number eight Michigan State. As a Notre Dame fan, with all of my heart, I hate Michigan. So I would like to watch Michigan State. Ken Jeong uh, is a Michigan State fan, apparently. He is on ESPN taking selfies with Michigan State fans, apparently a Michigan State alum. Um, Corey, uh, do you follow college football? Do you have a team? 
I am an alumni of the University of Buffalo, so my team. So you is are not UB. a college football team. Ah, <laughs> just kidding! I love. We live I love from UB. action. We love, love the action, folks. Um, give me the t- really like one shot quarterback who will immediately become a slot wide receiver in the NFL when they're drafted. That's how I live. That's how I roll. I love to see it. I like to see that too. By the way, um, this is funny. Uh, so uh, Corey, I'm not sure if you knew this. Uh, Sale and I had a uh, charity event on Thursday night. I did see this. So it was great. Uh, we held a raffle. Sale got uh, a signed Andre Reed jersey. I got a bunch of local stuff from you know uh, Oxford Pennant. Oh, great! Who was very we nice of Oxford them to, uh, to to give me a nice little gift package uh, to to raffle off. A couple of local country clubs gave me a couple of foursomes to give away. Uh, my buddy over at Golf, Buffalo Golf and Social gave me a couple of lessons and some gear to give away. It was it was just a fantastic event. And you know, listen, I never know how these events. Will go. So I was a little worried about like, hey, how much money are we really going to be able to raise here? So I decided the day before the event on on Wednesday, I was going to open the raffle of uh, items up for raffling online prior to getting there. Before we walked into Kohl's on Elmwood on Thursday night, we had already raised fifteen hundred dollars. Now we're talking, um, which is just unbelievable. And again, I listen, uh, people in Buffalo. We go hard in the paint for this kind of stuff. This is the kind of thing that they get behind. And listen, you know, like I. Uh, as as someone who has had cancer in their life, um, I have my family has been touched by and, and affected by breast cancer, and it's hard to find a family or anyone who doesn't know someone or as a friend of a friend of a friend um, who has dealt with and or watched somebody deal with um, just the viciousness um, of breast cancer and, and how it can absolutely just. It can take it could just take the happiness out of families, uh, out of individuals, and to get that before walking in the door, and then getting an additional seven hundred dollars cash while we were there. Um, each of us walked away with about eleven hundred and fifty dollars towards our goal. Uh, my goal uh, going into this, my first year ever doing the fundraising event, was to raise twenty five hundred dollars. Yep, I am now uh, right at about ninety three hundred. Uh, I'm approaching the $10,000 mark. Tomorrow is the last day. Um, and if you, uh, if anyone uh, uh, would would you know want to donate to my page, you can go to my my profile at Nakeery Sports. Uh, it's a pin tweet of mine, and there's a um, there's a link that goes directly to my sponsorship page and my and my fundraising page. Um, I am sort of on a I'm on a, I, 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 like after I get out of here today, I'm gonna kind of zone in and tune in into how do I get this additional like 680 bucks or whatever that I need. What to you got to do is you got to sing "I'm a Little Teacup." Just like Irv would do at the end of the Variety Telethon to wrap it up, like you got to show up. That's really where on a set the big that, money comes. Yeah, you got to show up on a set that looks like the Price is Right. You have to have a tuxedo, but the tie's undone. You got to look like you've been up for forty-eight hours. I like that. And you got to just be begging I think people. Looking like, like you've been up for forty-eight hours is a big part of 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 getting the respect you need to to, to raise that money. If you can appear in front of a green screen, but what's on the green screen is like just stock footage from uh, Jerry Lewis's uh, telethons behind you and just like random you know, acts. I miss a good telethon. Yeah, that's what, see, like we gotta, let's bring the telethons back, baby. There was a great place in society for telethons and I, they've just kind of gone away. Where are we going to get to see all of the acts in town that you would, that only get play at like lawn fates and fairs? Ooh, you lawn. never, like you gotta see them in person, but otherwise you get to see them on TV. All the fillers, man, they all get their spot in the telethon. All your favorite celebrities that have kind of made it in Hollywood and then they come back home to hang out and appear on it's the It's like what, what was the was it 
was it Farm Aid? Was that the first one? Uh, was is that the famous uh, Freddie Mercury thing? Live Aid. Live Aid. Yep, that's what it was. And that was like that. That one was wild because it was held simultaneously, huge concerts in major cities, and you just rolled from one to one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was the one you're thinking of was in London. Yep, at Wembley Stadium. Wembley Stadium. Yep. I think they passed it off to Phil Collins in New York. So, oh, wow. so they like that was the next part of it, and and like it was poor Phil Collins, you know, like tough. It I, wasn't his fault that he was following Freddie Mercury. But when is that? That's like what 83, 82, something 81? like that. Like this is like Phil Collins was yeah, not. Yeah, this is peak Phil Collins. Like we remember that performance from Many Mercury because it's of course it's electric. Yes, but like at the time of it happening, it's, it's like Phil Collins was huge. So. You're not that, but it can still be fun. I am not that. I'm not Freddie Mercury. But no. So here was actually the moral of the story. Yes, I was telling people about my event, and it was fantastic, and thanks for everyone that was coming. Um, I had my, my Food for Thought podcast yesterday with, with Bruce Nolan, and I told him, I, and before I went on air, I was like, well, I want to tell you something, but I think it would be funnier to tell you while we were live um, so people could you know enjoy it with me. So I told them, like, I was at the event, and I kid you not, six people, seven maybe, came up to me. Hey, Nate, like, thanks for doing this. Thanks for the invite. Um, by the way, we love the new podcast you're doing with Bruce. You know what he looks like, don't you? Like, you, you've met him before <laughs> in person. Like, you know what he looks what? like. Like, I, Corey, I kid you not. Why? Well, implying what? what? What's because, the implication? Because no one has seen his face. And they want to know that I, I don't know, like, live vicariously through me because I have seen his face and, like, they wish that they know, knew what his face looks like. But I kid you not, this was my answer. I have seen his face. And he's actually here right now. America wants to know, is Bruce Nolan hot? Bruce Nolan is hot. And I told everyone when they asked me, like, so you've seen Bruce Nolan. What's he look like? I'm like, well, first of all, I can't tell you. Secondly, he's here right now among us. Yeah, but and you have no idea. You, you would have, have no clue. He wasn't. Room. He wasn't there among us. Um, but I just thought it was funny. Like, multiple, not one or two, three people, literally six, seven people. Nate, love the new podcast, by the way. What's Bruce look like? It is it is like mass. When one or more people gather to talk about food, Bruce Nolan is there with yes, you. Yes, that's right. And we had a podcast. We talked a lot about steak yesterday. And we were comparing how our levels of what – what is your level of – enjoyment of the season so far meaning you know have the bills met expectations you know oh, they, yeah. they lose two games so it's not been the best so he said it was kind of like getting a steak on a work trip at like longhorn and getting medium rare but due to their corporate food standards it's really more like a medium so you it's already kind of a lowbrow steak and they didn't cook it to the actual liking that you'd like our apologies to the longhorn steakhouse yeah, company well but, yeah. like i mean look it's the season's been great it's been a lot of fun. Like we've had a lot to talk about. The Titans game was fantastic, even though they lost. Um, the Steelers game got us off, really wondering and questioning, and gave us stuff to talk about. Like in terms of entertainment value, the season's been fantastic. Are they w unbeaten? No. Are they good? Absolutely. Are they fun? Yes. Great. Thank you. It's been but great. It, but it's basically a medium Longhorn steak. No, it's better. It's no. It's. I'm, no, All right. No. Is it a perfectly cooked Longhorn steak? Because it's not like a. It's not a Gallagher Steakhouse steak. No, I it's mean, not aged prime, the, USA, USDA prime. But, like, people go to those places and get them. It's not like a, the rarest of rare things, like an unbeaten season, which has happened, like, once. Which is a prosciutto-wrapped filet, by the way. So, like... Unbeaten season is prosciutto-wrapped filet. So, what's the margin we're looking... What was last year, then? Last year would have been, like, a 48-ounce 
cowboy ribeye steak. You eating the 96? Are we eating the 96er here? Is that what we're talking about? Yeah, like bone in, perfectly cut, perfect marbling. Like you're, you're literally like trying to suck off like the final pieces of meat against the the bone that you're trying to. You're almost like pulling out bone marrow. Absolutely disgusting. But it wasn't, it wasn't like. It wasn't like a 75-day aged cowboy. It was just a normal USDA prime cowboy ribeye, 48 ounce. Like beauty is a is a perfect piece of meat. But at the end of the day, you were like, man, if this was aged, holy, this would be I, this know, would be ideal. And that's just, like them not winning a Super Bowl. Then it's got to be about winning the Super Bowl. Then. It does. We're not going to know until that. And when they, they win, do if win that's the Super Bowl, it will be it. it will be the bone. In, by the way, Gallagher Steakhouse has a bone in fillet that is the best piece of meat I've ever had. So Are you that. Getting- are you getting paid for this? Uh, l- I wonder, am I getting paid for this? We are, should take a break, by the way. Uh, you're you're why? the producer. Why? You're, the, you're supposed to be keeping me. I shouldn't be telling you we have what to What are go they going to do? Come to the studio and push the button themselves? I'm here. I'm pushing the buttons. You are the button guy. All right, we're going to take a time out. We'll, we'll talk more about steak and, and comparing the bill season to steak on the other side. We also have Connor Rogers of Bleach Report. We're going to talk about this AFC East. Talk a little bit about the New York Jets who are having just a tough, tough season. So we'll talk all about that. It's up here next on WGR. Never miss a moment of WGR Sports Radio 550 again. Rewind up to 24 hours with Odyssey Rewind. Download the Odyssey app, select WGR, and go back in time. Driven by Northtown Automotive. Shop online at northtownauto.com. All right, quick in and out. Sort of like uh, Jim Harbaugh in the top 25. Quickly in, and after they lose today, it'll be quickly out. Got him! Got him. All right, uh, Connor Rogers of Bleacher Report joining us on the other side. A quick timeout, and uh, we'll talk some Jets, some Bills, Dolphins, all that's coming up here on WGR. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Oh, 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 Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.